Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. This is the familiar word of Jesus's being tested in the wilderness. Listen for Matthew chapter 4 beginning with verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. Then the devil took Jesus up to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to the devil, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him up to a very high mountain. Jesus said to this devil about jumping off the temple, Jesus says, do not put your Lord or your God to the test. Again, the devil took, third thing, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And the devil said to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to the devil, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him. And suddenly angels came and waited upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Of the goodness of God. 
standing before you today uh, as your pastor, not as the devil. <laughs> Though sometimes it's hard to know the difference, right? I mean, that was the point of that, that little uh, uh, skit written by, um, um, say it one more time, John Bell and Iona, right, the Iona community. They write these skits and they live out their faith. They're cloistered in the abbey uh, at Iona. Uh, and they ponder such things uh, about, you know, what the devil looks like. And the devil looks a lot like your pastor, unfortunately. Uh, so we must be careful about the ways uh, we are tempted by evil. And sometimes those temptations come from the least uh, desirable places, like, uh, like from your pulpit. We read today that after Jesus was baptized... 
Uh, Mark and Luke report that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Mark does not present it that way. Mark says that the Spirit uh, forced or, or thrust or drove Jesus into the wilderness. However Jesus got there, we find him there, uh, and, and this trip was not a vacation. This wilderness sojourn was not a sabbatical. It was, however, a pause in his ordinary life. It marks a shift this time. It marks a transition. Jesus enters into a space where the distance from heaven and earth is what our Celtic brothers and sisters, folk like John Bell and others would say, would call a thin place. That is, there's not much difference between heaven and earth. And that's where Jesus is in this wilderness. During this sojourn in this wilderness, he's made ready for his ministry that he's going to begin very soon. A spiritual journey often serves as a transition from one part of our lives to another. And that's what's happening here. We're seeing close up this transition. Jesus is shifting from one season of life to another season of his life. In just a few verses, he's going to be back at it, doing what we expect Jesus to do, doing what we've come to hope he does, healing and teaching and, and, and serving and laughing and, and drinking and dancing and being with his people and transforming the whole world, healing it with, with the touch of his hands. In just a few moments, he's going to be doing that. But first, there is this, this season of testing, this season of trial, this transition from one part of his life to the next. We can look upon the season of Lent as a pattern for our own journey. It's during these spiritual journeys that we take when God works on us, we pray. When God animates us. When God inspires us. When in the darkness God speaks to us. When God gets us ready for the next thing to which God is calling us to do. We can look upon the season of Lent this way. The church historically has. We're walking with Jesus to that cross, that big, ugly cross that's in the way, that cross. We're walking with Jesus to Jerusalem where He will go to a garden, where He'll go to an upper room, where He'll go to a cross. And we're getting closer to God ostensibly on this journey. We're paying attention to the spiritual things. We might be profoundly changed by the time we get to Easter, though we can't yet imagine how. That's the beauty and the, the, the wildness of Lent, that we will be different people come Easter. At the end of Jesus' wilderness sojourn, after Jesus was tempted, the devil left him, we read, and suddenly angels came and waited upon him. That word waiting is our word deacon. That word deacon means the angels served as deacons to Jesus. They ministered unto him. They cared for him. So at the end of this journey, Jesus was cared for, was waited upon, was ministered to. The story of Jesus' wilderness wandering reminds us that God is near us on all of our journeys. And we are never beyond God's grasp of grace. Jesus' time in the wilderness gives us courage to step out into our own wilderness knowing we never step far away 
from the one who walks very near. I've just returned from a spiritual journey and I want to tell you about it. You all allowed me a brief one-month sabbatical break. Um, it was great to get away when one knows one has a place called home to which to return. I'm glad to be home with you again. And I hope you're glad too. <laughs> Could you wake up the person next to you and ask real quickly? I'm going to show you some pictures today because I want to invite you into a few of the high points of my recent journey. I did not go into a wilderness unless you consider New York City a wilderness. And I was not overtly tested by the devil, at least I don't think I was. I felt you were near because I prayed for you and I know, because you told me, some of you prayed for me. And though I traveled a lot, everywhere I went I found God's I found God's deacons taking care of me. I could feel angel wing brushing overhead. I could hear their song. I could feel their touch. Grace upon grace, filling, guiding, restoring, healing, enthusing, recreating. For those of you who will be listening to this sermon on the radio next week, you're going to have to use your imaginations because I'm showing you pictures, but I'm going to tell you about what the pictures are. The slide on the screen uh, is of a sunrise above Chicago. Being away gave me a chance to see things from different perspectives. This is a picture of my son Benjamin and his fiancée Faith. I stayed near Times Square for eight nights, but shared a meal or a concert or a museum every evening with them, nearly every day. Being away gave me a chance to see people I don't usually get to see. This is a picture of us eating. I spent about a million dollars on food. <laughs> the table fellowship was priceless. This is a picture of Ben and Faith and Faith's brother William. We're at Chip City. Being away gave me a chance to let go of some things and to laugh more often and more deeply. God reshapes us. Let me say that again. God reshapes us with laughter. This is a picture of uh, the Cathedral of St. John the Divine. I wrote a novel while I was away, a short novel, a first draft. Sabbath affords time to take on other kinds of holy work that you don't ordinarily get to tackle. This short novel takes place in part at a Chichester, at the Chichester Cathedral in England, and here at St. John's. This is a picture of the long columns reaching up to stratospheric arches. A cathedral is like a sacrament in that it points beyond itself to God. This is a picture of a bronze statue. All of these pictures will be uh, placed on my Facebook page and perhaps the churches so you can look at them again. But this, this one and the next one you need to look at closely. The woman is depicted naked from the waist up. Her eyes are serenely closed. Her arms rise before her like twin towers. And into her forearms, airplanes are crashing. This is a closer picture of her face. Is this the look of resignation, of pain, of transcendence? I could not help but to gasp 
before this daring depiction of God. I could not help but to say, Lord have mercy. The painting, stained glass, architecture, and statues of the Cathedral of St. John the Divine shocked me into seeing my faith with new eyes. And this is to say nothing of the evensong services. Joe, the choir was serene and beautiful. The evensong services I attended at which we melted beneath the glorious sounds of organ and choir. This is a picture of the scaffolding climbing up the walls of the nave which is being renovated. A church is always being recreated whether that involves the bricks and mortar of an actual building or the hearts of her people. This is a picture of Randy Brecker blowing a trumpet at Birdland. He plays as beautifully as the host of heaven sing. And this is a picture of the guitarist. You can't see it well, maybe. Mike Stern smiling from ear to ear while the band played on and on and we rose higher and higher. This is a picture of my seminary friend Stephen Emick at the Whitney Museum in the meatpacking district of the city. We were enthralled by the Edward Hopper exhibit, and there's some Edward Hopper at the Institute of Art in Chicago. This sabbatical break allowed me to reconnect with friends who welcomed me and shaped me at the seminary as we studied to be congregational pastors years ago. This is a picture of my son Joseph uh, at Tybee Island, Georgia. This is a picture of the freezing cold beach. It was 30 degrees. The wind was blowing 19 miles an hour from the north. We hiked around both ends of the island looking for shells. We didn't find many shells, but we rediscovered each other. Help me say, Alleluia. This is a picture of the warm restaurant where we broke bread, or we actually broke pizza. Blessed be the tie that binds. The next four slides are of seminary friends with whom I've been meeting at least once a year for the last 27 years to pray, to study, to talk shop, to watch and discuss movies, to hear family updates from, to cook, to eat, to hike. Lately, we've met in the mountains above Lake Lure, North Carolina. These saints are Mark Stanley in Hendersonville, Field Russell in Banner Elk, Kevin Murphy, in Cincinnati, Alan Huff of Jonesboro, Tennessee. This is one of those circles that will never be broken. This is a picture of Lake Michigan from Donna and Scott Paul Bonham's living room. We met uh, uh, Donna and Scott in Richmond at the seminary. They live in St. Joseph now. Rachel and I rested in their home as they fed us, encouraged us, ministered unto us like those angels who surrounded Jesus in that wilderness. And here's a picture of us in worship at the First Presbyterian Church of Benton Harbor. Uh, the sermon was rather long, so I spent time taking photographs. <laughs> On this good day, Donna was installed as an elder. The church is alive and well. This is a picture of Mac the cat. During the sabbatical break, I completed this first draft of this short novel, and Mac and Ellie, our cats at home, wanted me to use my fingers, not for typing, <laughs> but for scratching them while they tried to nap on my writing desk. These interruptions were, I assure you, a means of grace. 
The next pictures are of Cousin Tom in New Mexico. He's been pretty sick. That's his friend Katia, family friend, and Carlos. Uh, when the family asked, who can go lay eyes on Cousin Tom, I had no excuse. I was on sabbatical. I had just finished the first draft of the novel. The break allowed me to play a role in the care of my family that I'm not always able to play. Thanks be to God. And these next slides are pictures of air travel, landings and taking off, flying above the clouds or below them. I pray for you, friends, that your journey through Lent may allow you to see the world anew. May you be open to being ministered to. And may you also be open to ministering to and for and with others. May you be attentive to the whisper of God's Spirit. To God be the glory. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.